You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hey, it's Hour 3. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Bottom of the hour, the general manager of your Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy, will join us. Made a big deal last night. Don't know if you heard about it. Elias Lindholm's in Vancouver, and the Flames got a lot of fine meat and cheeses from the Vancouver Canucks. Nice gift basket of stuff. And our pal Julian McKenzie is at the All-Star Game in Toronto. He'll join us, get his thoughts on the trade. He covers the Flames from the Athletic. But right now, uh, the Flames got some prospects. And we need, to, we need to find more about these prospects. And who else to call but our man, Sportsnet scouting analyst, the Pro Hockey Group, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, our pal Jason Bukla. Hey, Books, thanks for this. How are you? Good morning. Doing fantastic. Exciting night last night. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it absolutely <laughs> was. Um, at first blush, when you saw the return the Flames got for a guy who is a pending unrestricted free agent, what did you think of the return? Uh, really good, really good. I thought that the, um, the the Flames did as well as they could have in the situation, potentially better, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, obviously the prospects and the draft picks, so the draft capital, I, I really like that. Um, but also, like, uh, it, the risk on Kuzmenko is well worth it, in my estimation. And, um, you know, he's 39 talks last year and he's got to play in your top six, uh, make no mistake. And he's got to roll over the boards on your first power play unit. And he's going to drive you crazy sometimes defensively and he's streaky. But um, <laughs> I like, I like to, if I shelve all those things, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, I like, I like the risk there, but anyways, on the, uh, on the prospect side of things, I mean, uh, the Brussels kid uh, playing for the Kitchener Rangers, right shot D you know, he's built like a fire hydrant, 5'11", 190. Um, not an open ice burner per se, guys. Like, he's a solid skater, but not a burner. What he does exceptionally well, um, similar to, to, to Anderson, is he's a really good passer of the puck. And um, so off the puck, he'll join after he makes a, a solid outlet. Um, but in the offensive zone, once a possession is established, He's one of those guys that's got really good spatial awareness. So he doesn't have tunnel vision. He's not a guy that just takes the first play that's in front of him. He's kind of like an NFL quarterback who looks over one option, two options, three options, and and then makes the most elite play out of the three that he can. So I like that about him. I like that he's got some uh, deception. Um, so I'm projecting uh, with Brustowitz, third pairing D at even strength, potentially a two, but let's just say a three. Um, and then second unit power play at worst. Uh, he could end up being a two, but I don't expect him to penalty kill. Um, but nice, nice acquisition. I mean, that's uh, that's tidy for sure. Um, the Germo kid, um, um, you know, the big rig playing for Cuckoo. Yes, that's the name of the team in Liga Cuckoo. Um, uh, you know, a great name. Uh, he's big rig. He's a giant um, shutdown D. He's long. Um, he's. I have to be. I have to be clear here. His is. He kind of stalled a little bit this year for me compared to last year. At the end of the year, I thought he was coming on a little bit more, better puck play, a little bit more momentum with his legs. Um, this year, it's been a little bit stagnant. Um, so there's some work to be done there. He's more of a project, um, but he's a defensive D on on projection. He's an in the way guy though. He's not like he's six five, but he's not going to. He's, he's not really a punishing guy. He's an in the way guy. Um, and then of course the draft picks. So, um, 
all in all, I know I just foamed at the mouth, gave you like this huge synopsis, but right. uh, um, very well done in my estimation. Um, we had uh, Mike Farwell on. He is the voice of the Kitchener Rangers, and he's watched a ton of Hunter uh, Bruce Tevich. And uh, I asked him for a comparable on the spot, and the name he came up with is Ryan Ellis. Do you like that comparison? Yeah, Ellie I drafted, or I shouldn't say I drafted. We drafted in Nashville when I was working for the Preds, and uh, uh, the biggest difference between the two of them is um, that's a little rich. I, I you know, no, no disrespect to uh, to them, but um, that's a little rich. Like Ellie was a shooter more than a distributor. Like he absolutely ripped bucks and had a bomb from the point. You even think back to World Juniors, um, but the sentiment fits in terms of stature and pace of play and the way that they defend. So there are some, some likenesses that way, um, but you're getting a distributor more than a shooter, and Ellie was a shooter. Uh, Books, how much do, do teams reach now for right-handed shooting defensemen? Uh, again, I've brought up the point many times already. It's like the left-handed pitcher in baseball. It's like something that hockey teams covet so much. And just how much more worth is a guy like uh, Bruce Tevich when he's just right-handed a defenseman? Like, how much does that just climb into ranks over guys who are maybe a little more skilled but left-handed? It feels like um, we might be hyperboling it, but I, like I don't know why uh, as a, as a league, and, and I'm guilty of this too. When I was in the league as an executive, that you know we definitely place like if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say we probably put 20 percent more value on that player, um, especially if he's got the mechanics to be able to play both sides of the ice, um, which is a bonus. Kind of like you know like Uyghur can play left side, right side type thing. Um, you know those types of things are, are really. It's a bonus. Um, but, yeah, no, right shot, I mean, there's less of them um, coming through the system in terms of uh, quality prospects that are right shot D. So when they do arrive or when they do hit, um, their value seems to be considerably higher. And uh, it's not just an observation. It's a fact. Like, there there, there seems to be a little bit of a uh, – um, I'm not going to say an overpayment, but an overvalue of, of those guys. It's just the way it is. Kuzmenko had to wave a no trade to make sure this deal got done. Um, what do you make of you know that coming into the process here? The Flames were on the no trade list. And B, what does that kind of mean when you're in management and a player waves for you to come join an organization? Listen, Kuzmenko is I've tracked this guy since he was in Russia, and um, you know, he this is a he's a gregarious personality. When you guys get to know him, you're gonna you're gonna He's got a big smile on his face. He's got the, uh, he got a lot of hair, a lot of salad, and you know he's just he's you know, he's, he's a fun, loving guy to be around. I'm not surprised that he waved this. It's a good news story. Um, obviously, uh, Craig and uh, and Huska had a had a chance to discuss what his role could be, and and that put it over the top. But um, he wants to play, and you know he's he's a proud. He came over here. He had 39 goals last year. And I'm speaking for him here. I haven't spoken to Dan Milstein to get this right out of the horse's mouth, but he's a guy that wants to play, wants to score, wants to play to his identity. And I'm sure he wants to put this uh, last few months uh, behind him, if you will. So I'm not the least bit surprised about this. I think Kuzmenko's got great character. And I think that he's a, he's a good teammate and a good guy to be around. Um, good news story for Calgary. Low-end risk because of the fact that there's one more year left on the deal. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But um, I'm betting that things are going to go okay here as long as people accept the fact that, you know, he's not a perfect player. He's got some warts, uh, 
but, you know, if he can get to 30 tucks, even 25, um, those guys are worth their weight, aren't they? Like, they're, they're hard to find. So let, let's roll the dice. What didn't work for him in Vancouver? Uh, okay, so if you you guys will notice this early. Um, his zone exits sometimes aren't timely. Um, so, like, offensive zone exits. So there's a little bit of a pause there. So he's not going to track. Uh, 200 feet the way that uh, a hard-ass coach like Rick Tockett wants him to track. And um, he's not going to accept him for his, you know, liabilities. So that's that's part of it. Um, defensively, uh, he's put a lot more work into it. We're not talking about a guy that's like dash 30. He's like dash one on the season. He's been in and out of the lineup. I get it. But he's not a complete liability. Um, it's just sometimes his detail uh, with pucks, uh, chipping them out of his zone, or maybe blowing his own a little bit early when, when clear possession is in, in hand for the Flames. Um, but mostly it's going to be, you know, that those that extra secondary um, kind of awareness. Zone exits in the offensive zone, maybe when you want him to bump a little bit more, he might not do it. But I'll tell you something. When he sets up shop around the net and below the goal line, around like behind the net, so crease front and behind that, he's a load. Like he's heavy, he's heavy set. He's, he's, he's real sturdy, um, and he loves to score. Like, so he's going to do what, what, what he needs to do to, to get to the hard areas uh, to, to find a puck. Jason Bukala is a Sportsnet draft analyst from the Pro Hockey Group, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Make sure you go check those hockey cards, Pro Hockey Group, on uh, social media, Twitter. Just saying. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank um, you. His skating, Kuzmenko's skating, a little slow, Books? Uh, a little slow to the gate, average plus in transition. Not a guy you want to have it necessarily between the blue lines, um, but on time arriving. So if you get somebody, like if Naz, if he plays with Naz, and Naz busts through the neutral zone, leads the rush, uh, gets his own entry five feet inside the offensive blue line, it's not like, you know, um, Kuzmenko's going to be 10 feet behind and, and the drop pass ends up being offside. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's close enough to it. He's arriving on time, but he's not the guy that, he, you know, you necessarily want to push it between the blue lines with. So, um, and again, this is the other thing. On the back check, if his zone exit is late, that's where that factors in too, right? So, um, I just need his, uh, his, his awareness I need his awareness to be a fraction quicker to make up for that part of his game if you get my drift. So um, that's defensively, but offensively, don't worry about it. He's going to be fine. Is this potentially a move with Kuzmenko? He obviously has one more year left on his deal before he's in UFA next season. Is this something that the Flames could potentially parlay into a lot more prospects or picks if he really blossoms here in Calgary and does produce? Because he's going to get a lot of opportunity now, Books because of all the guys who are leaving the team. Is this a potential move where they could probably fetch something nice for him at the next deadline? And at the same time, is he a guy that potentially could go back to Russia and play in the KHL? Yeah, I don't think he wants to go back to Russia and play in the KHL. That's the first thing. The second thing is you're absolutely right. So depending on the state of the, of the team come next year, because I think this is a retool, not a rebuild. Like, I really think that they're going to be okay. Um, but depending on the state of the group, and if he's, if he's going off playing to his identity next year, that's the best part of the story on top of what happened yesterday. Down the road, you kick the can, and future asset management in relation to him getting back to playing to his identity, 
makes them a rental next year, which makes you, which provides the Flames an opportunity, depending on where they are, provides them an opportunity to acquire future assets off of this acquisition. So that's exactly how I think of it behind closed doors in hockey ops. And, you know, it's, it's a now thing. It's a later thing. It's a, we're going to be on the come see as a team, but if we give them the opportunity, you know, that there's going to be someone, if he's going off scoring 25 next year at the trade deadline or 28, whatever the number is, and we're not in a position to, to extend them, there's going to be a buyer and they'll be able to get future assets uh, again in the, you know, so just by kicking it down the road and, that's that's the really cool part about this. Um, well, I kind of teased it throughout the show, books. I want to get your opinion here. This pick that the Flames acquired now from Vancouver, and let's just kind of ballpark it, but it, it'll be between 24 and 32. I think that's a safe assumption here that it'll be in that range. Who are some of the players that Flames fans should have their eye on now in that kind of range heading into the draft in June? Yeah, really interesting. So, you know, from my draft rankings, uh, you're going to have a, a real variety of, of players in that. So, you know, Henry Muse is a defenseman uh, playing in Ottawa with the Ottawa 67s. You know, he's actually, a, I call him an offenseman. He, he played forward for forever, and then he just turned into a defenseman in his bantam year uh, before he, he came to the OHL. So, transitional D. Um, there's, there's some other guys there later on EJ Emery from the U S national team development program talking about again, both Muse is a right shot, by the way, uh, Emery's a right shot, uh, big body six, three, he's only like 180 pounds. Now he'll, he'll play out to two fifteen or so. Um, but he's a shutdown kind of uh, right, right shot guy. And, um, you know, the one thing I want to say to flames fans right now, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to just uh, um, like it, the prospects. This is a really exciting time for them. Okay. I get it. And, but just from a hockey ops perspective, the back half of the first round this year, isn't the same as it was the last couple of years. If you get my drift. So, um, you know, it's a little bit more of a, um, they're not long shots, but there's a little bit, it's a different tasting draft. Okay. So it's, it's not the same high end at the back end of the first round. So here's the thing depending where the flames finish with their other first round pick, let's not also forget that you could package those, those picks and move up in this draft. Like mm. They have total flexibility right now to do a variety of things. So um, I like it guys. I like it a lot. What should the flames fans prefer that the Canucks go to the West final and that fourth round pick turns into a third or the Canucks lose in the first round and the flames end up picking like between 16 and 20. Good one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, there's not enough of a difference between 16 and 20. So I want them to go to the Western conference final and I get an extra third. There you go. Like there's not enough, to, there's not enough difference between 16 and 28. Let's say like I'm sure. splitting hairs a little bit on some of those guys. So I want the extra pick in the third. Would that have been different last year? Yes, mm. for sure. Well, yeah, totally different. What does Lindholm make the Canucks the best team in the West? Um, that's a tough one for me to, to say for sure. Uh, much better for sure. I mean, they, Kuzmenko wasn't playing, Lindholm comes in, um, and we already know what he does. So, you know, he increases their face-off percentage exponentially um, and, and you know, obviously gives them an extra layer. Are they the best? They're, they're definitely top four in the West. Um, you know, 
Yeah, they're a contending team. That's all I can say. I, I, I don't, I can't sit here and say they're bag, they're that much better than Vegas or they're that much mm. better than Winnipeg. You know, like or in Colorado, you know, the the speed game that Colorado can play with all that skill. But Colorado's goaltending guys scares me. So, um, top three for sure. Um, because I'm Canadian, I'm going to fly, you know, fly the flag a bit here. Top two because I like them in Winnipeg. Uh, Books because of Pedersen's deal coming up. Uh, there's zero chance they can keep him, right? How would they manage the salary gap trying to sign Elias Lindholm? Well, they're 100 percent going to keep him. I believe. Like they, okay. this is a good. Yeah, no, they're going to keep him. They're going to find a way to get this done. The cap's going to go up. They've got some guys coming off. You know, Myers is coming off. Uh, they're obviously going to have to massage some money throughout the lineup. Uh, you know, Kuzmenko's gone out the door now at five five. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, it depends what they want to do with Lindholm in, in the off season, but. Um, they 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 can't afford to not re-up uh, Pedersen. Like he's just uh, he's the fate. for me. You know you got the Hughes and you, you know you got some other louder person. Hughes isn't a loud personality. He's arguably the face of the franchise. But I think Pedersen is for me, and I value him the same way that we valued Alexander Barkov when I was in Florida. I think he's that important to this team. So you got to find a way. What do the Canucks have left to deal with if they want to go out and make another big splash here? Well, they've got uh, they still have a lot of prospect capital uh, within their, their their ranks there. I don't think at two million dollars. I think they got about two million left on their cap, so they're not going to have to spend, I believe, uh, any of their prospects necessarily, unless it's a situation where they're they're eating money. Um, uh, the other team is that is uh, in a trade scenario. Um, but at two million, I, I think they might be looking for a growl guy to play in the middle of the lineup. Uh, but honestly, with the back end, Susie's been kind of, I really like Susie. I like that acquisition. Cole's been good, but Susie's been in and out with injury. I think they got to go out and find another defenseman. And uh, at that number, they've got some flexibility. So you'll start hearing names like Sean Walker, Nick Sealer, those types of guys out of Philly um, who could fill a void on the back end for them. And, uh, you know, it'll be fascinating if they knock back on the door of the Flames. I've never, I can't recall three trades in one year between two teams, like the same two teams. I can't recall that, but mm-hmm. it would be fascinating to see if they knock back on the door and, and tried to see if they can't figure out how to do a TANF deal there, um, you know, and, and fit that in. Because I'm sure they'd like to do that, but uh, I, I, I don't anticipate it happening. How surprised were you that the Flames didn't retain any of Lindholm's salary? That was the most shocking thing for me. I have to be honest. And it wasn't even so much to help out Vancouver this year. Well, nobody wants to help the other team out. I'm putting that in, you know, know, put my sock in my mouth here. But what I'm saying is that I was surprised just going forward. It just tells me that the Flames are comfortable with where they're going to be at cap-wise next year. Because for me personally... If I was on the in that deal, I would have been looking for Vancouver to retain, call it a million, because um, I'm more comfortable taking the risk on Kuzmenko at four five or four two five, if you will, compared to five five, um, and opening up a, an opportunity to to go out and get another guy like Nick Sealer makes the the minimum guys. So that's how I think, right? In hockey ops, it's like if I if I can save one or one two here, I might be able to go out and find a Nick Sealer who fills a spot there. But obviously the Flames uh, feel comfortable with their cap situation going forward and uh, didn't, didn't see the need to do that. What do you think Jacob Markstrom is thinking this morning? Oh, that's a good one. You know, um, I, w- I would 
if I'm any flame, not just Markstrom, I'm keeping my uh, my options completely open between the ears. As little, even though I've got full control of what what I can do with my career here going forward, um, I think Marky um, should be open to uh, or expecting a potential conversation. Teams say that they don't want to go to a guy who's got full no moves and stuff and have a conversation, but players they're not dumb they take a look at the the landscape right. and they say to themselves so like you know i know what's going on here i still want to win i'm at this point in my career so um i think that he's probably he's not guarded i think he's waiting for a conversation to happen you, you think they'd be willing to retain his last two years of his deal something of that six million um I would say yes, because of the fact that I think they should believe enough in Wolf that if they retained X and they had to pay Wolf whatever, and just imagine that if they retain, imagine it this way, if they retained uh, one and a half, just as a number, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, and But then they thought to themselves, okay, well, we would still value Wolf at three and a half anyways, even though we're actually only going to pay him on his uh, next deal, two and a half they're going to say to themselves, well, that other million that we, you know, held back or million and a half, we're kind of investing it in a weird kind of way in Wolf because that's how much we believe in him. So, yeah, I think they'd be open to that. Again, it's going to depend on uh, the return. Um, I will say this, fellas, if they trade Markstrom to a contending team, um, I'm going to be fascinated to take a look at the depth of the organization in terms of prospects. This is all about prospects for me right now over draft capital they've got enough draft capital the draft for me is average plus let's go after a prospect who's on the cusp of making our team sooner than later because i don't want this to be a long rebuild i want it to be a retool jason bukala sportsnet scouting analyst also from the pro hockey group books always a pleasure thanks for jumping on today pal yeah anytime fellas obviously enjoyed it it was exciting last night and uh, enjoy your conversation with connie i'm sure that'll be fun Thanks, Paul. It absolutely will. There he is, Jason Buchel on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, the guy who made the trade last night is Flames general manager Craig Conroy. He'll join us next. And then Julian McKenzie from the All-Star Game in Toronto. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Big Show, Russick and Rose, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Bottom of the hour. Well, in about 15 minutes or so, Julian McKenzie. Covers the Flames for the Athletic. He's at the NHL All-Star Game. We'll catch up with J-Mac. But right now, he is the general manager of your Calgary Flames on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Craig Conroy. Connie, how much sleep have you gotten lately? <laughs> not, not much, to be honest. It's been uh, it's been a busy few days. It uh, you know probably all started. Everyone asked the timeline. I said, really, it was... Saturday morning uh, was was the first time I talked to, to Patrick, and he, he uh, yeah, he made a nice firm offer, and you know it, it started there. So then I had to kind of circle back to all the teams uh, that I talked to 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 try to see where okay, this is actually it looks like it's going to happen. So um, I I just needed to find out where everybody had had the value set on Lindy, and and then just moved on from there. But it's been uh, yeah, lots of phone calls, lots of uh, lots of time, and. You know, I know a lot of general managers were probably like, is he serious? This is happening now. But, uh, you know, right. I thought they were all very professional. So it was good. Um, is the timing inconsequential? Like, it it doesn't have to be near the deadline. You got what you wanted. So just why not pull the trigger now? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think, you know, you, you set in your mind what you're looking to get. And I do think, uh, you know, a little concerned on on – 
you know, you saw AJ go down the other day and you're thinking Elias plays a ton of minutes. He, he plays a lot. I knew um, we, we weren't going to be able to sign Elias. So I said to myself, like, I could take that one part out. I mean, the, the, you want to know what makes general managers not sleep? Having guys, UFAs unsigned that uh, have not, you know, that right. you know you have to move, oh. uh, that might get hurt. So that's kind of the way, uh, you know, to be able to get it done now, um, a fair deal, you know, and, you know, kind of it was what we were looking for. So it ended up working out for both sides, and they got a great, great player. I mean, so I think it's a good hockey trade for both our Theirs is going to get the benefits right away. We have Andre coming back, which we think is going to, we're going to help the power play right shot, uh, fill into Lindholm's, uh, you know, place on the power play, which, which should help. And, and then uh, to be able to get some young guys and, and obviously we don't know who the picks are yet. So that's, you know, that's a few years away, but it gives us a, uh, you know, kind of re- we, we reload a little bit. When did you know that Elias wasn't going to sign long-term? Uh, I think it was, probably just before the season, I would say, I think we, we, you know, we talked to the, talked to both sides and, and just to see, I think it was maybe when um, I'm trying to think maybe when Shifley signed, we, mm-hmm. we uh, went back to him to see where they were at. And, you know, we just, we, we, like I said, during the whole negotiation, I wanted to come to a fair number to start with. And then we made one more offer where I thought was another fair number, but I had to, you know, I had to draw in my mind what, what the value was and what the price was for, for the player. And even as much as I loved Lindy and everything he does and what he brings, I said there was there was a price in my mind. And they had a price in their mind, which is they're right. I mean, he's a UFA and they can do that. So I did feel probably, uh, you know, right before the season started was when I knew it, it wasn't going to happen here with Calgary. Um, obviously being a guy who's had a very good NHL career, you can relate to a lot of these guys. Do you think Elias maybe a, a bit of a down season just based on all the distractions about his future, Connie? For sure. For sure. For sure. I mean, you know what? He was a true professional. I can never, you know, him is a, they, they were all great, but I could tell, I, I know Elias well after this whole six years and we had a great relationship and I could tell it was weighing on him and, and he just was not, you know, it is a lot of pressure. I know what it was like in my contracts years. It, it, you feel the extra pressure to have the big year to do well. Uh, you know, all of that combined is hard, you know, and you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And I felt like just when I spoke to him, he he felt that, that pressure too. So even yesterday when I talked to him, he I could tell he just feel it felt like a different, a lighter Elias right now. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, he, he might have had some relief knowing it was coming and, you know, I wish him all the best, and uh, yeah, uh, he's exactly what you want in a center, so yeah, Vancouver is getting a very, very good player, and it's going to help him. You mentioned you wanted to check in with some other teams that had shown interest in Elias Lindholm. Can you give us maybe a ballpark of how many teams were seriously interested in your player here? Uh, you know, like I kind of been telling it, there was a, there was quite a few teams, probably over over a handful of uh, teams were very interested, very interested. All, you know, came with offers and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and good offers, but not quite where we thought was, you know, what we were getting from Vancouver. So, you know, every you know everybody says, well, how do you know if the trade? I said, well, you talk to everybody, you see who's interested, and and then you get especially when it gets down to the end, the best offers. And, you know, you feel bad because a few managers, I think when I talked to them after, it, it, they, they really wanted the player and they were very close, but obviously didn't get them. And, you know, that, that's, 
you know, that's the hard part. You, you, but we had to do what's best for the best for the team. Was there a certain pick or a prospect or maybe even that condition on that pick that helped push this over the line? Well, I think you're always looking for higher picks and you're always looking for, you know, more players and prospects. And, you know, you, you grind away, you ask for, for as much as you can. And then, uh, you know, I think Hunter uh, having the year he's having in the OHL, uh, right shot, uh, high hockey sense, skill, vision, something we kind of don't have in the organization. You know, it's always, it's always the thing. He, he's a young prospect, but he, he was a guy we really, we liked uh, his draft year. We, we know it's not, uh, you know, we don't, I don't want to put a lot of pressure on him, but he brings a lot of things we don't have. So I thought to be able to get a right shot, young defenseman, uh, it's having, he's having a great year too. Um, it w- was important to be able to get Yermo with a, you know, a bigger, good skating shutdown guy, you know, kind of both sides. And then, uh, you know, the picks, the pick is the picks. Uh, <laughs> you have to make good pick, whether it's the first pick or the, or the last pick of the draft. I mean, we, we take every pick serious. So we're going to try to make the best pick, uh, whether wherever that pick is. And, and to be able, I think at the very end, the condition was we wanted to go, you know, we have the better of the two fourth round picks uh, right now. So I think that would be New Jersey's pick. Um, and if they get to the Western Conference finals, then we get a third round pick. So, you know, those are the things you're you're negotiating the whole time, trying to, you know, you move higher. Uh, obviously, they don't have a second round pick this year. So you're always looking looking to try to get the higher picks. But, you know, in the end, felt like it was a fair deal for both teams. And, and that's why we decided to make it. Uh, are, are you torn, Craig, that one of your bitter rivals potentially gets all the way to the Western Conference final? You're like, oh, I don't want to see him win the cup, but at least we get a third <laughs> round pick out of that. Yeah, yeah it's tough. It's, you know, <laughs> you know, everybody says interdivision. And I always said in my mind, I'm just going to do but it is hard. You know, it's hard. If you look at Edmonton and Vancouver, those are teams I've played against in my career that you battle. And, but again, I have to take the emotion out of it and just say, what is the best deal for the the Calgary flames moving forward? It's, it's, it's hard to do that. I'll admit, I'm not uh, saying it's easy, but they, they're a great team. They're playing great right now. And, and, and I give Patrick and his staff a ton of credit. They came with a aggressive offer and they wanted the player and, and they, they, they stayed on me and, you know, we finally got it done, but it is hard to, hard to, hard to give it to a rival, but you know, I wish him wish him all the best. <laughs> In that vein, I'm going to recycle a question from 20 minutes ago. Uh, would you prefer the Canucks go to the West final and you get a third round pick or they're out in the first round and that first is between 16 and 24? <laughs> I guess I don't want, I don't even think I have to answer that question. You don't have to. That's All fine. Right. You can play the fifth yeah. on that one. Yep, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody knows what I'm probably thinking. Fair <laughs> enough. Right. Fair I like enough. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, how much, just from a personal level, uh, Connie, the trade you made for Tyler Toffoli has worked out uh, incredibly well. Like Toffoli's doing well in New Jersey, and I'm sure you wish him all the best. A team that has Stanley Cup aspirations, although they're struggling this season. But Igor Sharangovich has been terrific for the Calgary Flames. After he's gotten comfortable here, he's been a big part of this team. How much more confidence did you have in this Lindholm trade after that great trade you made for Sharangovich? Did that have any... Um, any influence on how well you were feeling about making this next deal as a general manager? Well, I think it's always, you know, with Sharon Govich trade, I think what people at the time, what we were looking for is a skill set that he has, you know, 
he didn't, he wasn't getting opportunity uh, probably the way he should have. And, you know, we thought he had more to give, but that's it. Coaching, you know, you know how you get caught up in the lineup. You're, you're in a good spot or not. And I always think back to LA, the one year I had a really good year, uh, 66 points. They made a coaching change. Mark Crawford came in and Hey, you know what? It, it, It didn't work with him and I, and I think in the next 50 games I had, like 15 points the next year I'm like I wasn't a bad player I didn't think and then I got lucky to get traded back to Calgary and in the last 28 I think I you know I had over 20 points that year so it wasn't it's just about opportunity putting people in a position to have success and you know that's what I thought with Sharon Govich and you know you're, you're kind of trying to figure him out when he first got here but now he's kind of hit hit his stride and we you know, everyone gets to see what he can do in his skill set and what he does in the shootout. I mean, those are all things that we took in consideration. And and I think when you look at Andre, he, he he's been he was on a great situation last year. He got to play first power play with all those top players in Vancouver, and he produced. You know, this year a new coach came in and he didn't get that same opportunity. So when we talked to him, we talked about opportunity playing with good players, and uh, you know his skill set is something we need now, you know, it's, it, it's like when Sharon Govich came in, it took a little time. We hope now in the middle of Caesar, hope it happens sooner than later, but he's going to get a great opportunity here. And, and that's what he was looking for. So that's why he, he signed up off on his uh, no trade to, to Calgary. Uh, obviously, um, Elias leaving uh, leaves a big hole down the middle of the ice. Uh, Connie, who's playing center ice for your team in Boston uh, coming up after the break? <laughs> That's a great question. It is a huge hole. It's a huge, I mean, it's hard to, uh, to fill what Elias did for us. And, and that's where, you know, the two guys I look at right now are, are Nas and, and, and Backlund. I mean, those guys are going to, as much as they play, they're going to play more. We're going to be called, but the one thing I love about both those guys, they're up for the challenge. I know they are. I know their personalities. So they're going to play a ton. Uh, Kevin Rooney's back playing in the American league right now. Cole Schwent, um, you know, I, we've had guys that Martin Postasol's played center. You know, he, he, if you ask him, I bet you if you got him on the phone today, he would say he wants to play center at some point. So, you know, there's going to be some options. It's not going to be Elias Lindholm, which, you know, even I don't know if everybody remembers when Elias came, he really was uh, on the right side with Johnny and Monaghan. And then we moved him into center. So we have, we have some decisions to make. There's not a, an easy answer for it. I think it might take a little bit of time to figure out who's going to be that center spot, but uh, I really expect uh, Kadri and Backlund to, to step up and there it's going to be a lot of work for him down the stretch here. Uh, did you manage to do this deal from like a pool bar, like where a lot of your players are right now, or has this just been all work for Craig? Uh, yeah, I said everyone else is somewhere nice. I, I was just a, at the dome and my window was off. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I and my office is cold too, so I wasn't oh. even warm in there. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah, I was gonna go to. I was actually gonna go down to watch the Wranglers in Palm Springs, and then uh, mm. with everything that kind of started happening, I just thought it was easier to work right from the. Yeah, I did. I was hoping to get away too, but it it didn't didn't work out that way. <laughs> Craig, I know we talked about it a little bit when you got the job, and this just kind of popped in my head. You mentioned going to see the Wranglers. Do you miss doing a lot more kind of scouting, or have you been able to keep a lot of that up while you've taken on a lot more responsibility as the general manager? You know what? I haven't. Uh, it, it's frustrating because I would like to do more scouting, honestly. So you know, even I was going to go. I had a long scouting trip. Uh, 
this this week coming up after when we went to Boston, I was going to go to the Beanpot game and then go to Plymouth. But it just other things always come up in in this position. Yet you, you have to, but you have to just say, okay, I have to be with the team for this and this reason. But moving forward, I do think it's going to be a big part of me because I do miss it. And uh, I watch a lot of stuff on video, but it's not the same. It really isn't. So hopefully, uh, you know, as we move forward here, I'll get out and see some of these, especially I want to see the the first rounders and maybe, maybe the top 40 guys on our list. Uh, if I could see them all live would be perfect, but I do, I do miss that part because it's a fun part. You know, I just love, I just enjoy going to games and watching players. Um, Connie, did you get a text, uh, an angry text from like an Elliot Friedman, a Sportsnet executive going, Hey, why can't we wait for the deadline for these moves? I know. I know. Well, you, you know when you make them early, they, they're, they're never. It's never exciting for anybody. Everybody's upset. It's uh, it's one of those where you're like, I know everybody wants it the last day, but for me, with with everything going on, I think just to get it done and get ahead of it. And I, I give Vancouver credit. They wanted to get the player and get him playing, get have him longer, and really get him integrated in their team, which which makes sense to me actually. But yeah, I can see. You know, most fans love uh, my uncle. He used to take the whole trade de- date deadline day off to watch the whole thing. So I know how important it is to, to everybody in Canada. You know, that's a, it's a big deal. Craig, how important was it to not have to retain any salary in this deal? Well, I mean, you're always looking not to retain salary, but again, we still have the three retention. So, so that's important, you know, and, and you don't know how other deals are going to work. And I do know a lot of teams are up against the cap. So, you know, for us to still have those, kind of bullets in the chamber for retention it was, was big. You know, I, I said that with the Zadorov trade and it, it's the same, it's the same thing here. You know, we're trying to do the best deals. And sometimes that would be, uh, you know, I know it's funny because I know that's one thing people always talk about. Would we retain money? Well, we've never said we wouldn't. We just have to do it when it makes, makes the most sense. Craig Conroy is the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Connie, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Terrific stuff. And uh, we'll hopefully talk to you again real soon. Thanks for this. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great morning. There he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The guy who made the big trade joined our show. Yeah. A lot of details in there, too. Yep. Yep, really good. He's very honest. He gave us one question that he wouldn't answer, which is very rare. Yeah, and he's uh, he's terrific. But he even he's, implied his answers. There he's, you go. He's very open. He is the anti Ross Atkins. That's what he is. He's the anti Ross Atkins. There's a, there's a lot of people texting yeah. in here. Uh, <laughs> it's been all morning. Like the whole thing is, Elias Lindholm was the Flames representative in the All Star game. Uh, he'll now be representing the Vancouver Canucks. This was similar to last year when the Canucks traded Bo Horvat. Yeah. Around the same time, Horvat wore. Our, the Islanders crest on his jersey, but still played for the Pacific Division. There's no divisional format this year because it's going back to the team draft. Elias Lindholm is a Vancouver Canuck All-Star. Like I, all of the texts, all like, of the texts asking. Like I am just, I'm, I'm again. I appreciate you texting in at nine sixty nine sixty. Like I, I don't even know why I that doesn't even register for me. Like no. who cares that the Flames don't have an All-Star rep now? People are concerned. Like, like I the, guess. Like, I think uh, the, uh, like, isn't this deal more important than the actual, well, now the Flames don't have an all-star rep. I think the biggest takeaway well, for me is that the Flames PR staff doesn't have to go to Toronto now. They get yeah. a couple days off because uh, they well, don't have to handle he, Lindholm. He, he, here here's the biggest takeaway yeah. is Lindholm shouldn't have been the representative to begin with. That's another good point. Yeah. It should have been Jacob Marstrom. 
Yeah. I also wonder, like, I know that Markstrom has been someone that they've wanted for the All-Star, they being the NHL in the past years, and the Flames have been like, hmm, maybe not. Yeah. Because he plays a lot. Like, the year that the Flames won the division, he was supposed to go to the All-Star, and the Flames were like, no, he's not. Uh, He didn't go. We got J-Mac on the line, but can I ask you guys a serious question before we get to Mm J-Mac? Who's going to be the representative for the Flames at the All-Star game? It's a good question. Uh, Julie McKenzie covers the Flames for the Athletic. He's in the T-Dot, the six. The Big Smoke, Hogtown in Toronto. George's home. Stop it. Mm. Julian McKenzie from Ward the on Athletic. Young Street. Hey, pal. How are you? Doing well yourselves. Good to hear from you guys. Good to hear from you. Um, your thoughts on that trade kind of caught us all off guard last night, right? Yeah, it sure did. I, I'll say this. I think they, I think the Flames did as well as they could. Uh, this is this seems like a, a, a trade that they were working on for the last few days. The Canucks were really aggressive. The, the Flames wanted what a, a first-round pick, a prospect, a, ro- a roster player. They get a little more. They get two decent defensive prospects. They might not be the top prospects in the Vancouver Canucks pantry of prospects, but you're getting a really solid right-shot defenseman in, in, in Hunter Brustet. I'm going to mess with this name a lot. I literally had the name of uh, the defenseman right in front of my face until the, the pronunciation guide. Brustevich. Yes. I got it. Hunter Brustevich. I got it right. I wish he was a French guy. You would have nailed it. I know I would have nailed it. Uh, But he's doing really well in the Ontario Hockey League. And and Yanni Yermo uh, could be a a shutdown defenseman uh, at the NHL level if he gets there. And you get a first-round pick. You get a conditional pick out of it. I think the hole that Craig Conroy was able to get out of that Lindholm trade, at least on its surface, that looks... That looks pretty decent for a guy who's a rental. Remember, there's no there's no contract that's been negotiated here. Not nothing stopping him from re-signing with Vancouver, but sure. this is all for a rental. Like this is this is pretty decent. Um, how intrigued are you by Kuzmenko coming here? Well, the one thing I want to know is how his offensive abilities will uh, translate with this team, and if his if those gifts that he has, does that make him? Is he a game breaker on this team? That's the biggest question I have. This is a guy who had like almost a 40 goal season last year. Uh, he's not playing as well this year because of some of the other players on Vancouver who have done well. And a lot of his minutes have been sort of downgraded to middle six, bottom six. And he, just, he wasn't a fit on that team. He was expendable, but he does well in the offensive zone. He's done well in the offensive zone for, for Vancouver. He's a power play guy. The Flames need a, a player like Andre Kuzmenko in their lineup. He's right shot as well. I think for the Flames, in terms of them getting this player, I'm intrigued about him the most of anyone in this trade because they've shown that they are desperately in need of offense. They need offensively talented players. Kuzmenko, at least in the interim, is going to be called on a lot to, to try to fill that role. So that's he's definitely the most interesting part of this trade for me. My, my next question is, where does he fit in this lineup? Do you put him, I see the top six player for sure, are you putting him on a line with Jaeger, Sharon, Govich? Are you keeping that line from the last game where you have Huberto, Kadri, and Zeri together? I, I have a lot of questions about how they're going to put that those lines together. The closest we'll, we'll learn about it, obviously, will be when they go to Boston. Craig Conroy just told us Martin Pospisil can play center. How do you feel about that? That's interesting to me. I, 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 we've, we've gotten adjusted to seeing Martin Pospisil uh, do his thing on the wing and, and be this gritty, energetic, speedy forward in playing at center, giving him a lot more responsibility. Actually, I haven't seen much of him play center at the American Hockey League level. 
that's a, that's interesting. I, when I talked with him yesterday, he said that he was counting a lot on on Nazem Kadri and Michael Backlund to step up as as top centers on this team. And going forward, you're, you, you know, Cole Schwint got that time with the team before the All-Star break. Does he get a look in that bottom six? Kevin Rooney looks like he's going to be getting closer and closer to being healthy again. Are, do, you, do you call him up? Do you give him another chance? I know he wasn't that impressive last year, but if you see someone else you look at as well, but Martin Pospisil in the interim getting a center spot, that's very interesting to me. I would, I would, I would like to see how that shakes out. What do you think of the timing of this deal? Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think, uh, the, I mean, I will say this, like, I think seeing Elias Lindholm score that goal before the break was good for him. And maybe he uses that as motivation to get some goals in, get the production up. You're still getting assists in that goal to Stroud. It wasn't as if this wasn't a guy who was pointless for 15 or 16 games. He was still trying to contribute somehow offensively. But maybe he takes that and he goes on a maybe in an alternate universe, maybe he uh, goes on a run offensively and maybe the Flames are able to ask for a little bit more. But the fact that they were still able to get what they got, considering what he's been able to get, I mean, this is still a, a coveted center for, from from teams around the league. Like this is a guy who would fit on so many contending teams as the two C, winning faceoffs, good two way game. Like I saw a lot of people saying like, man, this guy sucks. Like the, the Flames shouldn't be getting that much for him. I don't know. He, he plays in a position where a lot of teams, they really covet, especially ahead of playoff time. And he was the number one guy on the market. He was always going to go for a pretty decent price. I don't mind the timing. Uh, I'm now, obviously we're, we're looking at seeing what's going to happen with Noah Hannafin and Chris Tannen next. I'm going to share a text with you from our uh, Megan Mickelson uh, sent me during the show. She thinks Sharon Govich is going to be the middle between Huberto and Kuzmenko. Your thoughts. I mean, Sharon Govich has played center before. He's a guy who has been able to play all three positions on a forward line. That is also another option that can present itself. I am intrigued if, if they do actually go with it. But, yeah, like that's, that, if you're trying to go through all the different center possibilities on this team, Blake Coleman once, thought, once upon a time was a center. I don't know if they'll go down that road, but it seems as if the Flames do have some opportunity, some options to present themselves to fill in that gap. But that's essentially what's going to have to happen here. And look, I, I, while I can respect that, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly what Craig Connery might have told you guys in terms of, you know, how he sees this team going forward. I know with me, he was saying there's guys on that team who he feels can still compete and still go out and try to win games. But I mean, when your center depth is going to be Nazem Kadri, Michael Backlund question mark, question mark, and you're five points out of a playoff spot, I I think you're sort of, if you don't have the the flag up already that you're going to retool, you're at least telling your men on the ship to be like, hey, get that ready because you're probably going to be selling. It's not going to stop you from re-signing a piece, but this doesn't look like a playoff team to me, and this looks like a team that's going to try to get some assets as much as they can. Uh, before the deadline and then just hope for a good, as good of a draft position as they could get. I mean, Greg Conroy straight up told me that the recent performances at, at the beginning of the year kind of accelerated that process with moving on from Elias Leno. Uh, give us a vibe check of what's going on in Toronto ahead of the All-Star game. It's starting to get up there, man. The vibes are starting to, it's starting to become effervescent, man. Some of the parties are, are starting to, to come up. Uh, there's media day that's going to be today, so I think we'll really get a good check. But a lot of the, the media are starting to come in now. It, it seems like it's going to be fun. I don't know how you Torontonians get around. Okay, a slowdown. 
Slow my down. Guy. My guy. Torontonian, stop it. Here's the thing. Sorry, Brad, you're from Niagara Falls. Damn right. Nope. Do you so you don't so you don't claim you don't claim Toronto at all? No. Okay. Yeah. Right. So uh, get that. around the city? Yeah, it's a flipping nightmare to it, get around that city. This is just an on air yeah. bit. As soon as he's done, he throws on his Leafs toque, his Leafs sweater, and he struts yeah. down the street. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get my Toronto Leafs tramp stamp finished. <laughs> Toronto George, you know it. Yep. Yo, man. No, I bet but seriously, like I don't know how people do this. I mean, I'm I'm pretty far out from, from downtown. I'm staying with family. So like it, it takes me a while to get into the city. It's it's fine. Like public transit's okay. I've been lucky so far. I'll, I'll knock on wood after I finish this segment. But it, it's I, I, man, getting taking an hour and a half, two hours to get into the city is crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, how close are you to Justin Bieber, or will be to Justin Bieber? Um, I hear he's having a party this week. Uh, I'm gonna try to see uh, <laughs> see if I can get some tickets for this. Okay. That, that might that might answer the question. All right. Do you hear about this? He's having, he's having a big party for All Star Weekend. That's that's the word on the street. Okay. All right. That'd be that'd be pretty cool if he slither your way into that one, Julian McKenzie. I gotta I gotta I gotta tap into my Toronto Connects for that one. Okay. Fillmore's. Yeah. I don't think Justin Bieber's. Bieber loves Fillmore's. Partying at Fillmore's. Uh, I forget what they call I, it's not Fillmore's. There was a bar that was mentioned. I don't know what it's called. The Brass, Brass Rail. Rail. Nope, not oh. even that. <laughs> when all, hey, there's a saying in Toronto, Julian, because that's my hometown, according to you guys. When all else fails, hit the Brass Rail. Jesus. <laughs> that is, that's, Drake never mentioned the Brass Rail in any of his music. I'm okay. sorry, I'm lost on that. All right. Are you sure? You've lost me on that. I'm sure. Drake, Party Next Door, P-Rain, none of them Toronto artists mentioned that. Kim man. Mitchell I don't know. had some of a Brass Rail. Kim yeah. Mitchell. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> not even chaos, bro. Like, I've never heard not this in my life. You're welcome. You can drop that if you want. <laughs> All right, my man. Have fun in right, my God. alleged hometown, according to you and Matt Rose. <laughs> enjoy. You can you can see the home of George Russick. It's yeah. like two blocks from the Rogers Center. Yeah. Enjoy uh, that three-lane highway that is the Gardner Expressway that takes 17 hours to get to downtown, the main artery of the city. God, I... Ugh. Anyway, I'll make it work. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks, pal. They there he is, Julian McKenzie on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. Should get a ring road like we got. Get you around, no problem. Around? Whoop. Yeah. Sure. The city's too long for the ring road. It's 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 horizontal, not vertical. No, I'm very aware that it's not possible in Toronto. I was mostly being <laughs> facetious. <Long>. <laughs> well, there was talk that they would build a giant tunnel to alleviate some of the... Uh, oh, a tunnel, yeah. That'll not but, disturb anybody but for that 15 years. that only costs billions of dollars <laughs> and take like 20 years to finish. <laughs> It'd be fine. Be fine. Um, there's one thing left to do. I think we've done a good job of covering the Elias Lindholm trade today. I'm really proud of what we've done. Like, there's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of Elias Lindholm coverage. If you missed any of it, uh, check us out on the podcast. What do you got coming up on Mucho Big Show as we're about to do our locks of the day? We're just going to chat more of this trade. Okay. You going to replay Connie or no? Co- uh, no, Sarge. Sarge was really good, too. And uh, Black Tape guy, Corey Sarge. Yeah, Connor will probably through. come in the afternoon. But as a giving up a couple extra km on the shot though. But but according to one of his AAA teammates, white tape makes you shoot harder. Yeah, exactly. Mm, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know what the mechanics or what the what the rationale by that, but I'm like, sure. 
That sounds that, that works. That sounds like a parent who was like telling a kid, and the kid was like, "I want black tape," and he's like, "White tape makes you shot harder." And the kid was like, "Really? Yeah, it does." And then he had white tape for the rest of his life, like a seven-year-old did that. You know? Yeah. You I, could trick a kid, and then you learn something, and then you think it's like true for the rest of your life. You get embarrassed as an adult. Never happened to me though. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's time for a lock of the day. And it's brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue Southeast. Uh, I've been on a heater lately with these. Mm-hmm. My soccer picks are just... I hit one! I know, you finally got we're one. We're done January, though. We finished January. So, so we're wh- how did... Okay, so how did the standings go in January? After January, uh, me and GVP are both tied for first at 5-2. and two. Yeah. Uh, you were 4-3. and three. Okay. Maddie was 2-5. and five. So right. Who do I write a story about tomorrow? You should tomorrow? write a My Front Page story about Patrick... And GVP because they finished um, tied for first. Can I a paragraph each? Can I do a paragraph on just both of them together? You can. Okay. Um, also, I think we have Lanny McDonald coming in studio tomorrow. I think I'm going to do it after we have boozy lunch. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. If you want, work. I can get. Kind of, Khan can uh, collaborate. He's if got, you, he owes you a poem. If so. you want, I can get you know half snapped for the show tomorrow so I can deliver it in. Listen, it wouldn't be the first time. Shh, don't listen, Art. I'm just wait. What? It, it Excuse me. What? <laughs> um, here's my lock of the day. We're gonna go back to my soccer. Well, oh, God. Uh, what's Man United today? on the road today in some prem action? They're at Wolves. Um, I'm gonna take the over two and a half in this one, Patrick. Man, you and Wolves, Wolves. over two over. And a half. Lock that in. You should probably go to Patty before you go to me. Oh, you're not ready yet. I keep forgetting about this damn thing. Okay, okay. it's okay. Uh, I got mine right here. Where was it? Um, My soccer bets have been money lately. There we go. Uh, Jason Tatum and LeBron James both to score 25 points tonight mm. with the Celtics and Lakers. LeBron James. It's plus 150. Okay. Tatum was on fire against the Pacers. Yeah. Too. Okay, lock it in. Are you ready or you want GVP to go first? Oh, yeah, I am ready, okay, 100%. I am going there. to take the Cleveland Cavaliers to cover against the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies, no good. Cavs are a playoff team. That's about all I got for you. Thank you, GVP. Okay. What's the odds there? Or what's the spread? That's a great question, Pat. Eight. 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 Seven and a half. Depends wow. on where you find it. I love when you're betting some hoops. There's no hockey tonight. I'll I don't know you what se- you guys want from I'll me. I'll give you the seven and a half. Can you name one player on the Memphis Grizzlies? John Morant. Okay. Who's not hurt? No. Is oh. he swinging a gun on social media again? Oh, wait. I got one. Biombo. Still in the league. Eh? Bismack. Bismack. It is. Wow. Bane? Desmond? Desmond Bane's good. Look at that. I even knew his first name. Donovan Mitchell? The Spider? He's good. He Am I right? Cleveland. Yeah. Yep. On the other side, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you I got like Max Struess, Coro, Karis Struess having a really bad year shooting. Should have stayed in Miami. Levert. Nailed it! Yeah. Hoops talk. You should start a pod. You should start a hoops hoops podcast. Pod? Yeah. yeah, you and Cron should yeah. do a hoops podcast. Yeah. It's the Who Knows Less podcast. Yeah. There you go. That's a winning idea. That's no problem. Yeah. You yeah. guys do like NBA bets every night? Yeah, it would be great. It would be great. Yeah. Remember to fade me because I've been really bad. But I did hit my bet yesterday. Uh, Dylan G- Larkin had a point and Brady Kachuk had four shots, so... 
finally a hockey win. Where are we going, GVP? Uh, I'm going to do some hoops as well. Okay. The Knicks have been on a heater, but I think their luck runs out tonight. They still got Julius Randle out with an injury. They're taking on the Pacers. Pacers are 21-12 and 12 against Eastern Conference opponents. I'm going to take them on the money line tonight. Okay, lock it in. Our lock of the day is brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue, Southeast. Yeah, Memphis is 5-16 and 16 at home. This is a lock, baby. There you go. Yeah. You love the, Too bad they're not... Oh, they're at the Grindhouse, so they call the Grizzlies. Why do they call it that? Because it was a tough place to play back in the day. Grindhouse. What's their building called? FedEx Forum. Oh, that's lame. It's not the Smoothie King Center. Well, yeah, I was hoping play. it would be something goofy <laughs> Well, FedEx is based in Memphis, so it makes sense. Yeah. You ever notice the arrow in the FedEx? Pass. You've always got this damn logic. It just yeah. drives me nuts. And, Arthur, guy, and Arthur Smith's the heir to FedEx. It's not bad. Like the new Steelers offensive coordinator. Yeah. The heir to FedEx. Well, his dad kind of is moved aside. I don't know right. how much attached. Arth- There's yeah. still FedEx money with Arthur Smith. Arthur Blank yeah. did Home Depot, so he's yeah. got a couple dollars. Yes. You'd think he'd be able Home to Depot and FedEx in Atlanta. Wow, good for them. Yeah. You'd think, you'd think he'd be able to buy a better mustache. Yeah, he's got a bad stash. Crickets, please. Okay, it's time to go. That's enough talking for me. Okay. All right. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Maybe there's another blockbuster trade tonight. I don't know. Probably not, though. Calm down. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean on. (laughs) I'm gonna lean to no for tonight. I'm gonna say no trade. I think it's gonna be a nice quiet. It's the draft. This is a lot of enjoy the draft on Sportsnet movie night. I love the prestige was great, by the way, for those who care. All right. Uh, I think Lanny's coming in studio tomorrow with Kron. That should be fun. We'll confirm. Okay. Enjoy Mucho Big Show. More on the Flames trade straight ahead. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Check out the Craig Conroy interview we did. Corey Sarich was terrific. Jason Bukula was super insightful. We went on a massive tangent with Ross Tucker. <laughs> uh, we talked to Mike Farwell. Yeah, if you want to learn how his shows are booked. Yes. Pow. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter. At Matt Rose, the Twitter guru. What was that? Just like a random onomatopoeia? Yeah. Um, at Patty Dumont, smart guy. Bang. <laughs> and uh, at GVP Hoop 69. Crash. There you go. 420. There you go. Blaze it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.